Hello there. I'm Ryan Woods, a Spartan god. This is my own mind. You're listening to the I'm a Spartan podcast, Scott Knowles. And I'm, what the fuck am I doing this, man? This is fucking stupid. Are you kidding me? I'm doing these favors for these bums? Nah, fuck this. I'm out here. Katie, bring me some wine. I'm fucking out. I am Scott the Fane Knowles, and you're listening to another episode of I'm a Spartan OCR Podcast. And I have a special guest today, live, sitting right beside me, Miss Leanne Blizzard. Hi. How are you today? Great. It's nice to meet you. I feel like I've never met you before in my life. Uh. <laughs> um. <laughs> Anyway, we're going to make a quick episode and talk to uh, Leanne about uh, how she did in the Super in New Jersey, um, where she placed third in her age group. And after this interview, if you want to hear me run my mouth about the Fayetteville Trifecta weekend that's coming up in a few days, you can listen to that as well. If not, don't worry about it. So, Leanne Blizzard. What? How are you doing? You already asked me that. I know. That's great. <laughs> Fine. Okay, so let's talk about how your race went in New Jersey. Okay. First off, I want to start this with Leanne did not run the Beast on Saturday. Nope. And I asked her to. I was like, you're going to be bored out there while we are running the Ultra all day long. And she said, nope, I'll find something to do. So Leanne is a trooper. She got up with us at probably 4 a.m. I think it was earlier than that. Well, I got up earlier than that. And then we went to the venue. She hung out all day. She cheered us on when she could see us every couple of hours. <laughs> and uh, after the race, I was tired. And if y'all don't, if y'all remember, if you did the race... So, right before you got to the rig, which was one of the final obstacles coming down to the venue down the hill, there was this huge section of just mud. And I slipped and fell in this mud and just fell on my back flat as a pancake. I was covered in mud, and it was on the second lap, so I was coming into the finish and still just covered in mud. So, anyway, after the race is over and everything, I'm going over there and trying to clean off all my gear is super frustrating because there's no water pressure on any of the hoses and you got to hold it real low to the ground to get what you can out of it at all and Leanne just takes over and cleans all of my gear <laughs> while I just go over there and sit down and I think I was over there sitting and talking less so I just want everybody out there to know that I have one of the coolest girlfriends in the world because she cleaned off all my muddy gear while I sat on my ass. Well, you could just run like 30-something miles. I know, but after you got up at 3 a.m. and just kind of just hung around waiting for us to get finished. I, didn't, I mean, I wasn't bored. I had a good time. What did you do all day? Um, I hung out with Crystal Love and um, Michelle. Melly, some, I hung out with them, and then I hung out over by the dunk wall for a little bit, and got super pissed off, and <laughs> walked away from there. Why'd you get pissed off? Because, oh. people, like, look, I know it is a redundant thing that is said throughout every single one of the Spartan Age Group groups and Facebook pages and stuff like that, but... Seriously, if you're going to run competitive, you need to follow the fucking rules. If you're not, don't be a dickhead to the people that try to hold you accountable. Because there were several people that were taking off their stuff. And one lady that was there, she's part of Spartan 4.0. She said something to him, And then I went over there to help her. And this asshat was like... <laughs> I, he he went to skip the whole dunk wall, and I was like, dude, you can't do that. Like, you have to go through it, or else you're going to get disqualified. And he's like, well, then I'll just get disqualified then. And I was like, well, then go turn your fucking headband in. Was it Mikey? No, it wasn't <laughs> Mikey. No. But, I mean, seriously, if you're going to run in an age group, 
know your rules and i mean that is like the number one complaint and i mean i don't it's just yeah. it's stupid don't be don't be an asshat. I well, mean, just do some burpees. If it's not you don't want to do it, then do your fucking burpees. Well, the thing about it is, is on the dunk wall, that's a mandatory obstacle. You're supposed to go through it. I mean, but it, Spartan is what it is. You know, you've got a volunteer out there, and all they can do is say it. They can't make them do it. They can't. I mean, I know the enforcement that. of the rules is I'm just very saying, laid back. People should not be assholes. To volunteers when they oh, say yeah. stuff to oh, them. Oh, absolutely. It is, stu- it is like yeah. so asinine. Like, it blows my mind how big of fucking shit asses people can be to volunteers and stuff. Yeah, in that situation, you know, 100%. But sometimes, you know, the volunteers will claim that they know a rule and the rule is wrong. Uh, but, I mean, the moral of the story is if you're running competitive, you need to go through the age, to, through the rule book, know the rules of all the obstacles. You know what I mean? Because somebody told me they saw somebody trying to climb over the dunk wall. How do you climb over it? I don't know, but they were trying. That's what somebody told me. How do you do that? The first year we went to Killington, I saw a guy trying to go around it, and I was like, dude, you go under it. And he was running running elite. Because I ran elite at the first Killington Ultra, and he was trying to go around it. And I'm like, either... And I think I asked him later on, I, I want to say he said that was his first Spartan race and he was doing the Killington Ultra, which I thought was just insane. Yeah, but was he a dickhead to you? No, he was. He well, was cool. then that's different. Yeah, I mean, I mean don't I, be, don't be an asshat. I mean, yeah, you know. Yeah, but you probably, when you said it to him, you probably had that tone where you were coming off like sounding mean because you give that tone to me all the time. Whatever. <laughs> it's kind of like when the dog, when you when you change the tone in your voice and the dog kind of drops his head and turns his eyes to the side like, oh my God, I hope now, she's not I talking will admit, to me. Because you do that to me all the time. Well, no, I do not. <laughs> but I did get pretty mad at that guy. I mean, I have a little bit of a quick temper when people talk to me like that. And I just, yeah. I mean, that's just that's just Well, <clears throat> hopefully he was like one of those people that was just there to finish the race and he wasn't in a, you know, in the standings. But I mean, it matters. There was might have been somebody behind them that was taking the race serious, and it might have messed with their, you know, how they placed in the race. So I mean, it's, you know, and I know they like to say, well, everybody run their own race, but the thing about it is, is if you're running in the competitive waves, you need to go by the rules. But hell, it was like when we was in West Virginia, the first damn obstacle was the hay bales, and I was standing there watching the earlier age groups go off and these two girls just come running around. They went around the hay bales just oh, giggling. I remember you saying that. I mean, but... Isn't that... Is, that was the weekend that y'all, you threw that big glob of hay at Brian? Was that... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, I mean, and it, it all comes... The volunteer... Volunteers. I mean, the volunteers are there... You know, to enforce the rules, but they can't watch every single person going through the obstacle no, at the same I get time. That. And, but don't this be an sport, <laughs> for this sport, I mean, because they can't afford to pay referees, even though it would be great. It would be great if they could do it, you know, just at the national series races. But I mean, it's, it's still, I mean, I mean, I hate to say is it's not a young sport because it's what, 10 years old, but. I mean, this is a sport where the athletes have to have integrity. You know what I mean? I agree, yes. And if you don't have integrity in yourself to do the rules and do the obstacles right, then, I mean, it just comes down to it. If you know what you, if you're questioning what you're doing, you're probably doing it wrong and it's just one of those things where, I mean, you. it's a sport where you have to have integrity for it to be an honest sport. And okay. some people just don't have that. Some people will cheat to win. And that's sad because you're cheating yourself. Like, who wants a, who wants a medal or an award that you cheated to get? Like Somebody out there does. I mean, yeah, I mean. A lot of people do, but I mean. I, yeah, I get it. But anyways, we, yeah, I mean, I just kind of watched everybody. And, and that's the difference is we've got integrity for the sport. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just like people not doing 30 burpees when the camera's not there. Mm. You'll know I'm doing my 30 burpees because I count them out loud like I'm in kindergarten. 
Oh, yeah. I had one girl said, can you please count quietly? And I said, no, because I'll, I'll, I'll mess up. <laughs> <laughs> mm. That's funny. But anyway, so you hung around yeah. the venue all day long yep. in New Jersey. Yep. Hopefully you heckled Michael when he was coming through the obstacles. Um, I didn't. Because he heckled us during the Super. Oh. So, tell us how your race went during the Super. I got up that morning, like, yeah. super sore. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, I'm probably just going to run with you, babe. Yeah. And then we got to the venue, and I got a good warm-up in. And I was like, yeah. you know what? I might try to go after yeah. it. And then, even then, I was like... If I feel like shit at the top of this first climb, I'm just going to wait on you and I'll just I I knew, help you with your race. I knew, I knew, <laughs> I knew it that you were going to like run competitive. You were not going to run with me. I knew it. I knew it. I knew the moment I woke up Sunday. The moment you said, I'll probably run with you tomorrow. No, I knew that was bullshit. That's not how I sound. I probably <laughs> said, I'll probably run with you tomorrow, baby. Whatever. <laughs> No, seriously, I knew you weren't going to, I mean, yes, a part of me may have been a little disappointed because I really wanted you to run the race with me, but then the other part of me was like, I know he's not going to, so I'm just going to run my race and, you yeah, know. Yeah, but think about I'm probably, it. sure I'll probably give you a little bit of shit. But, but, but listen, to, listen to this. I mean, you didn't do what I told you to. I told you to run the beast. Isn't you that, didn't do that. Nope. Mm -mm. And... I didn't run with you because and if I would have ran with you, we would have been talking more and you probably wouldn't have pushed as hard and you wouldn't have got your first age group podium. So, Leanne, I, <laughs> I want to take this time right now in this interview to just um, Pat tell you that you're welcome. <laughs> I knew you were going for that. I knew you were going for that. You don't know me. Yeah. Sure. Mm -hmm. So anyway, and I did run the race with you. I was right beside you at the start. That's not running the race with. That's not running. We started with together. me. That's different. I thought you were right behind me. <laughs> that's starting the race together. I not start, running the race together. I know we started running together. Whatever. When they told us to go, we started off running together. Well, that's different than running the race together. Um, okay, I'm, I I misunderstood. <laughs> So anyway, tell us how your race went. Uh, it was fun. I mean, I don't really, um, I can't even remember much of it. Uh, I mean, I do, but I don't. I, I just kind of just didn't want to go. I wasn't looking forward. I wasn't trying to place. I was just going out there to have a good time and then just take my time with it. Because it's been uh, four years since we ran New Jersey last time, since I was in New Jersey. Yep, that was your first race. I yeah, could break in your was, ankle. I just broke, no, yes. your second. No, that was, oh no, that was my we first did Fort, beast. Because we did Fort Benning. But that was my first beast ever, was right. in New Jersey. Oh, yeah. And that was right after I had broken my... Man, uh, that was dumb. Who talked you into that? Probably you. Oh. Yeah, because so in 2017, <laughs> I broke, I broke my tibia and fibula and dislocated my ankle. And then... Yeah, trying to do, do a Ninja Warrior shit at the gym. Well, whatever. and monkey bars. Well, you know, I had the option to either go to the gym or come to Tiffin, and I chose to go to the gym. I know, you should come <laughs> to Tiffin and see me. <laughs> um, but, but you knew you would have fell in love with me that night. Oh, God. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> um... I don't know. I just remember going up. I remember I I ran some of the uphills that I could run. And then when I got tired of running, I just power hiked it. And I didn't really know what place I was at. I knew I wasn't last. And I knew I wasn't first because there was a big group of people that left. Yeah, because we had all the 30s and all of the 40s were in our wave. Yep. And there was one lady that I kept going back and forth with, but she was she actually got third place in her age group. And she was in the forties, wasn't she? Yes, she was. She and was so in my age group. You're in the thirties age group. I got a younger woman. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're so funny. But um, you know, I think too, like watching y'all on Saturday. Help because when y'all were coming down to the dunk wall, like a lot of the athletes were veering off. I guess they were looking down at the ground, and there was maybe an off trail to the left. 
because when you came down that hill, there was people running off to the left side. Yeah. And I didn't see it. Like, I never saw that. So I think from watching everybody on Saturday do that, I remember not to, just to stay straight down, not to run off to the side. Because that's what happened. Because the guy that was in first place in my age group, he... You know, I mean, you can see the dunk wall coming down the hill. Yeah. But he veered off to the left and went in the woods. And I saw another guy doing it because I didn't even see the first place guy that was in my age group. And so I saw another guy going. I was like, hey, man, you're going the wrong way. And then I saw him yell at somebody and said, hey, you're going the wrong way. Yeah. And then that guy, he caught up with me and then I never saw him again. Well, and like the volunteers down at the bottom, they kept they were yelling at them, and they eventually got people from Spartan to go up there and I guess Put some tape tape up, up there and stuff. But it wasn't until much later because the guy said he said, "Well, let's wait to see if it continues to be a problem." And every single heat had people going off to the side. See, I didn't get that at all. I mean, I guess it's because the dunk wall's always there, and I knew yeah. coming down that hill it was time because. I looked at the map. I knew we were getting wet around five or six miles. So I knew, and I saw it, and I like, I know we're going straight downhill. And then I saw that guy wandering off in the woods, and I saw him like, man, you're going the wrong way. Yeah. So, yeah, because I remember going down that hill the last time because it's real rocky through there. Um, <clears throat> it's kind of scary, though. Uh, wasn't crazy. The shoes I had on, I was surprised. They didn't stick like I expected them to. Ultra Lone Peaks. Yeah, I mean, and I thought they would. The King MTs tend to stick a little better, but they don't. Rest Ultra... in peace. Yeah, Ultra doesn't make them anymore. I know. That's why I said rest in peace. I know. I mean, I just didn't. <laughs> Whatever. Anyways, <laughs> um, so. And I almost lost a pair of shoes there. Yeah, you did. So we found them on we found Sunday. Them. We found them on Sunday. So after the race, <laughs> I don't know if I said. I said this one, I might have said this when I was talking to Les on the interview, my memory sucks. But anyway, so when I got done with the Ultra and I cleaned off a lot of my stuff, I went and put my bag up in the car and I said, you know what, I'll put my shoes on the roof of the car and let them dry out. Yeah. So we drove out of the parking lot that night and they fell off the roof and I didn't realize it until we got back to the hotel and the hotel's like 35 minutes away. And uh, I think I did talk about this on the last interview. So I called Corey because Corey was still there yeah. and he looked around the parking lot and he couldn't find him. Nope. So we went back exact way we come and when we drove into the parking lot Sunday morning, I saw one sitting in the middle of the road. And I was like, <laughs> cool, it's in the middle of the road. That means it hadn't been ran over a hundred <laughs> times. So got that one before the race. And then after the super, I went and changed clothes and I said, I told Michael, I was like, I'm going to look for my other shoe. And it was like off to the side just to little further up from where we found the other Somebody one. said they saw it in the middle of the road. Who Ducky. was Ducky said Ducky that. Ducky said when he got in the yeah. uh, shuttle uh -huh. to go back to get his car, he saw that random shoe sitting in the middle of the road. <laughs> That's funny. He didn't know it was mine. Um, so, um, I think I, I mean, I was trying to remember how that race went. It went uphill. I know first. that. But where I caught some people, I, I think there was a few girls that failed monkey bars and mm. and I think Twister was right, I think. And I think that's where I passed. Twister and Beater was back to back. Yeah, I think that's where I passed a bunch of people that were doing burpees. And um, I thought that uh, I was going to get passed at um, the spear throw. But I missed my spear throw, but and so but I found a hill that kind of goes down, yeah, like that, and so that's where I sat there and did my burpees at, so it wouldn't yep. that's, be that's so a, hard. That's a hack, y'all. <laughs> if you if you're doing burpees and they're on a hill, make sure you are doing them like you're going up. The yeah, hill. you're facing up, up the hill because you don't have to go down as far when you're Hell doing it's like no. doing it's like right. doing like doing burpees on an incline yes. it, yeah it's it a lot easier fantastic yep. i love it burpee hack yeah oh i do and i remember within the first mile i did slip and fall i busted my ass in the creek part where all the rocks and stuff were i slid i hit my knee scraped up my knee my leg hit my elbow and I hopped back up and I looked around like nobody has, I didn't think anybody had seen me. And then Harvey <laughs> comes running up. He said, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. And I took off running. Who? Harvey. 
He's the one that has like um he's one like a gotten like a whole bunch of the Hartley. Hartley? Hartley, yes. I'm sorry. <laughs> I thought it was Harvey. Well I that's thought, what I, I called me. So you're talking about that it was like a big mud puddle of standing water, right? That's where you tripped and fell? No, it was Or was that that little creek area yeah, right little, before that? Yes, okay. it was a little creek place. I stepped on a rock or something and it slid I slid and yeah, I busted up my knee and my elbow and hit my leg and but anyways i didn't think anybody had seen me i'm kind of rambling about this race because i don't i'm i'm trying to remember everything it's, it's okay it's a great interview i'm interviewing somebody about a race and i don't remember none of it well it was like two weeks ago <laughs> sorry anyway i'm a mom and uh, <laughs> run more i mean i got another bunch of other shit going on in my life too i know but anyway i remember that mud puddle because it, it had like a no diving sign in front of it and i'm thinking no shit you know <laughs> i thought that was funny well if there's a sign there that means somebody has at least tried to do that at least once i'm sure it probably happened at one race yeah um, I'm like that water wasn't even knee deep, and they had a no diving sign. On. No, I know I'll probably bust my head open jumping into the dunk wall water one day. Well, I remember, I, you know, and I thought I was gonna slip and fall because I remember you saying after, uh, I guess it was after Helix because I think after Helix came the rig. Yeah, that was when you had to go down that muddy hill. Yeah, and I remember you telling me you fell and slipped yeah. in it, so I was trying to be pretty careful going around it. Um. But so I mean, you failed your spear. What else did you fail? Was that it? Olympus? Uh, I, I took the penalty lap for Olympus. Because that misses with your shoulder, right? Yeah. Well, I'm just... My feet slide on it. Sometimes I can get it, and sometimes I can't. And somebody had already said that the penalty loop for Olympus was, like, super short. It was somebody that ran the race the day Michael. before. No, it wasn't Michael. It was somebody that was running Because I think race. Michael said it was short on Olympus. Michael did it yeah but it wasn't michael that said it he wasn't running with me there was somebody that was like running near me that said it was really short so i took it i did get the box i got oh, it cool. and then i remember they took the rock hole grips off on the on the stairway to sparta for the super didn't they yeah they did yeah they i got it that's yeah. fine I feel like if you can jump, like if you can jump up and grab it and just do like a pull up, you pretty much can get it and then yeah. sling your leg around. It's harder with the rock hole grips though. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> uh. But it was, I mean, it wasn't too bad. Then I saw a guy. He's like when we got over there to the barbed wire crawl, and he was in the open wave, and I tried to help him, like when I came out from underneath the barbed wire crawl because he looked like he was kind of. Lost because down at the bottom was where they start at. Right. When you come up, and the barbed wire crawl is right above it. Well, he had on an open wave headband for Sunday, uh -huh. but he was over there walking with us, and I was like, are you okay? Are you lost? Uh -huh. Like, I think you're in the wrong spot. And he's like, no. He's like, there's some people that I'm waiting on right here. I uh -huh. said, okay. Uh -huh. <laughs> and he just wound up going on the same course with us. Maybe he skipped a section and he was waiting on some people that were running age group or something. I, I, don't, I don't know. Mm. Mm. I don't know. So anyway, you made it through Twister and Beater. Yep. Cool. You probably passed some people there. Um, I think so. I don't remember everybody who was in front of me or behind me, though. I what did you think about the carries? They're fine. I like the the same, the bags, the same bags. Um, I don't know. I kind of like the ruck bags better. Even though you got to fight with them, they just ride on your shoulders better than a pancake does. Well, I imagine so because they're worn out. I like those ones that they had in Atlanta. It's like they had three different ones you could choose from in Atlanta. Yeah. They had the pancakes, and then they had this. It was like a, it was like a rectangle shaped sandbag. It didn't have no handles on it or nothing. And it was great. It rode on your shoulder really good. And then they had like those brute force bags or like the 511 bags or something. And those, oh, I didn't yeah. try one of those because I like mm -hmm. those other ones so good. But now we're back to the pancakes again. Um, I got a, whatever the long one is. That's what I got. I see, they didn't have none in the men's. That must have been just for the women's. Oh, I guess so. I thought that sandbag carry kind of sucked. It wasn't as bad as 2018. Uh, but I don't remember 2018. Oh man, 
Michael didn't remember it either. I sure as shit remember it. For somebody who has a bad memory, you remember a lot about races. I only remember important stuff. Oh, okay. I'll remember that next time. Okay. <laughs> Great. <laughs> so, um, so, I thought, I mean, even the bucket carry was on that steep hill. That bucket carry was simple compared to 2017's bucket carry on that hill. You didn't go 2017. The bucket carry in 2018 was cake. It was flat. It was just through the woods in 2018. No, I think the only bucket carry that I considered the death of me and Sandbag is in Killington. Yeah. Which year? All of them. I've been to Killington just about... That's right, because they always put that bucket right... They usually put that bucket right there in the same place. Isn't that where, where like... It goes up, and it had like a stop, and then you had to go up really high. Yep. Yeah, that's what it was. Yep. But last that year, sucked, last year they did it kind of close to that uh, where that ski lift was at, and we just kind of went up and come back down. Mm. And then the sandbag at the end is what I didn't like. I didn't like sandbag at the end. It was yeah, so, sucked. like, muddy, and oh, my God, it was awful. Yeah, you had to do it twice in your mm. ultra. It was rough. Yeah. There was one rock. I remember there was that one rock halfway up the sandbag and I was on I mean and that's like right there towards the end of the race and I'm like I gotta sit here for just a second and I sat there for like a minute and mm -hmm. then I got back up and finished it it was, mm -hmm. it was a rough day so anyway you come into the final gauntlet you make yep. the rig mm -hmm. there's a loving man there waiting on you. Oh, Michael? I know. <laughs> yeah, like he's a loving man. So I was there and uh, followed you in for the rest of the obstacles. Mm -hmm. And you and you finished. I did. And you got an awesome picture with me. I did. And uh, then I went up to the thing and got your results and saw that you were third place. How did you feel when I came back and told you that you were third place? Um, skeptical. Uh, I was like kind of excited but skeptical about it because that happened in Nashville. Right. Uh, back in the fall, I had come across the finish line and checked the results, and I was third place. And then when I went back to check the results a little while later, I was Said bumped to fourth. fourth. And it's like a, a late chip read or, or something. something. I don't even know. It was because I passed a bunch of people in Nashville too, and I don't know what the hell happened, but I tried not to get excited about it. And I know um, I had a bunch of people come up to me and say something about it um, say, We heard you were, you know, you got third, and, you know, yada, yada, yada. I was like, Yeah, thanks. We'll see. We'll uh, wait and see. Yep. I'm not real sure, but we'll we'll see. <laughs> I know. It made, that made you upset because that would have been your first time, and then that happened. And, yeah. and then. Well, in Nashville, when I got bumped to fourth, I mean, I, I cried. Like, it. I was really upset about it, but, you know. Right. It is what it is. Whatever. I mean, you know, so. But I was, so, but look at it this way. I mean. Okay. You got third place at a much harder course. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, to say that you placed third place in your age group at New Jersey in the Super, that's saying a lot because that's a way, way harder course. Yeah, I really enjoyed that course, though. Like, it was... Come on, Nashville or No, New Jersey. New Jersey. Yeah. I really liked it. I mean, it had just enough incline. It had, you know, just enough technical trails and stuff and i just really really like i really enjoyed it yeah. like i it's not like i was on it and i was like man this sucks i'm ready for it to be done like conyers i mean i don't conyers to me even though it's like it, we go to it because it's only like an hour from my house but it's kind of a boring run to me i mean it just is especially once you go across the street you gotta run all up through there and oh my god i it's just boring to me. Probably just because you've done it a bunch of times. I like Conyers. Maybe that's the only it is. thing I didn't like about Conyers this year was the swamp section where you couldn't see shit under the water and you're just constantly banging Man, I your went legs. Swimming. Yeah. <laughs> I'm you're so just, short. Yeah, you're just constantly banging your legs against roots under that water, and one step is like a foot deep. The next step was like 
three feet deep. That shit was high. I know. I, was, I was right behind Kevin Donahue going through there. And I don't know. I saw him fall as many times as I fell. And, every, and I was back there behind him. Like, I know he couldn't hear me, but I was laughing at him every time I saw him fall. Huh. Wow. It was just funny watching people trip in the water. And we got, you know, and there was other people there, but they weren't, you know, like running serious. Me and Kevin, we were running serious and trying to get through the shit as fast as possible. And we weren't making no ground because we kept tripping and falling and busting our ass in the swamp. It was cold that day, too. God, yeah, it was cold. I know we talked about running extra laps and we were like, nope, it's too cold. Mm-mm. Nope. I know I like Conyers when it's got good weather, but it seems like those days are few and far between. So weird, especially in the south. The week before, it was probably warm, and then the weekend of the race is fucking cold. I know. I'm looking forward to Fayetteville. Even though it's probably going to rain like hell all day long, at least it'll be warm. Yeah. But no, I really... I, I liked the Super there. That was a really good course. I actually... I like Palmerton, but... I actually like New Jersey better than I like Palmerton. I feel like... I don't know. That's kind of hard. I, to me, when I think about Palmerton, it just seems like... I don't know. They're both really great races. Um, I don't know. I guess I like those races about equally the same. You know, Because this is the first time I've done a Super at New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And I would... I mean, I would compare it a lot to Palmerton, except I think when you're doing Palmerton, it it does, when you get to the top, you've got this real big open space, and when you do some of the downhills, it feels like a big open space, but I mean, when you get on the mountain bike trails at Palmerton, I mean, there's some real good technical downhill running, and Mm -hmm. when you get on that backside where you come up the far side, there's a lot of technical uphills, so... Yeah. I mean, I I mean, I would put those races about both in the same. I would think Palmerton. To me, Palmerton is a steeper first climb. I mean, the climb at New Jersey is steep, but I don't. I I just think the grades are steeper going up uh, Palmerton. Yeah. Well, maybe. Uh, we'll get a good memory refresh in a couple months. No, no, it's not far off. I know. I wonder if they'll put the sandbag back at the top again. Keep working on my incline working out. Yeah, it helps. Tell you what, having an incline treadmill going into New Jersey, I felt way more confident on the inclines. And whether I was a better better at running them or not, I had more confidence in yeah. it. And I felt like if the grade didn't get super stupid, like I pretty much ran most of, on the first lap, I ran a lot of the inclines. Not that one on the ultra loop. That son of a bitch was way too tall. <laughs> But I know that first incline, both days, I ran a lot of it, almost all the way up to the monkey bars. It, I know it got super steep, like right before the hurdles, like mm-hmm. I power hiked that, but I did a lot of little choppy running. I mean, people were probably power hiking faster than I was running, but I kept that running yeah. for them in any, anyway. I hiked a couple of places, but for the most part, I ran a good bit of it. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I just felt better running uphill. And downhill, I just ran all of it. But I, I tried to watch my footing because of those, because it was just that slick rock that, you know, what is it called? That, it's like. Pebbles. Bit, no, it wasn't the pebbles. Gravel. No. Granite. Mm, never mind. Sedimentary rocks. Oh my gosh. I'm going to punch you in the face. Earth. <laughs> um. <laughs> Yeah, like I could tell. Like shelly rock, I guess is what you could call it. There's like pieces of it. Shelly rock? I don't know what you call it. She got a sister. Why you ask him? (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, I could tell in that video that Michael took of you when you were coming down that hill with all the loose gravel coming to the dunk wall, it really looked like you were doing pretty good running down that hill. Oh. Because a lot of times when we first started running together, I noticed that you were just really hesitant and kind of nervous about running downhill. And I think you, I mean, I could tell that you look better at it. And that's running at that trail that we run close to your house because it's got a lot of technical downhill running. Well, it makes me really nervous because I have 
broken my foot, my broken my ankle. So yep. like I, I think over time, and yeah, from us running over there, it's I've just gotten more comfortable with running since I've broken my foot because for the first two years, to at least two or three years, um, it still makes me nervous, or it would make me real nervous, just because. I don't want to break my foot again, and it would really fucking suck, because yeah. that wasn't fun. No, it wasn't. It wasn't fun at all. I mean, because I was having to do all the cooking, all the washing, and everything, and you had like a bell right by your bed, and you'd <laughs> ring that bell <laughs> whenever so you crazy. needed me to bring you something. That is a lie. <laughs> that is a lie. <laughs> but even if it was the truth, you would still do all that stuff for me. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Yes, you would. <laughs> so anyway, so you get your medal and you get to get up on the podium. How did that feel? For the I first cried. Time? Oh my God, I cried. I'm so glad I had my sunglasses on my face. Because <laughs> uh -huh. Michael, actually, can I can tell in my video when... I couldn't tell. I could. I guess um, I don't know you enough. Oh my God, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I started crying when I got up there. Um... I don't know. I think it was... Everybody staring at you. Oh, my gosh. I know. I have stage fright really bad. I'm just so thankful I didn't have to give a speech. I'm like, thank you. I appreciate this day. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they'll ever do that. <laughs> no. That would have been horrible. I probably would have shit my pants or something if I had to give a speech. <laughs> <coughs> I don't think they'll ever do that. No, I know they won't, but I'm just... <coughs> the age group awards take long enough as it is. Oh, my... Yeah, for real. <coughs> it was exciting. It was fun. I've had people at work ask me um, that have come in, and they're like, that have seen our post on Facebook about me getting third place. Had somebody say, why don't you have it up here? Why don't you have a picture of yourself up here? I'm uh, like, no, I'm not that person. Yeah. I'm not going to It's do not that. that big of a deal, well, but I am pretty a big deal. No, I'm proud of myself <laughs> for accomplishing something like that, because it is something I've wanted to to accomplish um there's some fast fucking girls in my age group they are yep. super fast michael's girlfriend mary gosh she's fast mary girth yeah yep. maria 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 don't call her that she don't like that no but call her that don't tell her i taught you to <laughs> that's so funny <clears throat> um but anyways <coughs> Yeah, I mean, I just I think I'm still a little humble about it. Yeah, well, that's a good way to be. I'm I'm always humble every time, you know, I get up there, you know. I mean, I don't never think today's going to be the day I get first place in my age group. Yeah, I never think that, you know, because you never know who's going to show up that's going to be better than you, you know what no, I mean? It's just I, part of it. I think that... Be humble. Well, yeah. <laughs> and I think in the past... I've always been like, okay, I'm gonna go out here and I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to place. And every time I do, I always wind up messing up. I fail mm -hmm. an obstacle, or I do this, or I do that, and it's like it gets in my head really bad. Yep. And I know you've seen it. I'm getting frustrated, and I'll get emotional about it. And then like, and then you come home and you take it out on me, and you start smacking me around. <laughs> oh my gosh. You're going to have your this listeners think you're in an abusive relationship, and that is so not true. <laughs> that is so not true. Nobody believes anything. <laughs> but, um, and so when I, in New Jersey, I was, I mean, it was just kind of one of those, I'm just going to go out here and have a good time. If I do well, I do well. I, I mean, it is what it is, so. Man, that's the best way to do it, and I always tell everybody that when I'm talking to somebody, and they're like, Man, I'm going to this race and I want to do good, blah, blah, blah. I always say, just go and do your best. Concentrate on the obstacles. Concentrate on running fast. You want to go burpee free. Everything else after that is a bonus. You know what I mean? Just I go even, out there. I try and do burpee your best. free, but I just I know that ain't going to happen. Well, I know, because but spear throw is your like do or die. Yeah. I mean, you either do or you don't. Yeah. I mean, it's just, but if you worry about what place you're in, where everybody else is at. You can't concentrate on your own race, and it takes uh -uh. the fun out of it uh -uh. to me. I think so, too. 
I just like going out there and hanging out with my friends and just trying to do my best and pushing myself hard. Yeah. That's what she said. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Crazy. So, um, and you know what is so funny about this? What? Is when we decided we were going to go to New Jersey and Leanne's like, I don't want to go to New Jersey. I don't really like that venue. Man, I think it's because... <laughs> My first, that was my first race. It was because of that. that. It was because of that beast. That was and, like. And your ankle was bothering you um, at the end of it. That d- it was. That was a motherfucker. Yeah. Like, mm. I think I kind of had, I, I, I had more appreciation for this race this time. Because in the past, I don't, I don't rem- remember it being as much fun as it was this time, I guess. I mean, I, I mean, I always have fun, but I guess it just didn't beat the shit out of me like it has in the past. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know, just enjoyed it. And, and it might just be because it's been four years since we've been there. And maybe I just had a better time, had more friends, and just had a better time in the community, probably. Yeah, I enjoyed hanging around. Like, I don't mind when you run the ultras when I get to hang around the venue. Because I get to see people that I don't normally get to talk to. When it's race day, I mean, because everybody's warming up and getting ready, and then, shit, by the time my ass comes off the course sometimes, I mean, sometimes people are gone. And so, you're ready to go. You're I'm, tired. I'm tired. I don't want to sit there and socialize, so. Liam wants to go back to the hotel and get a nap. Shit, yeah, I do. And a fucking shower. What? Mm. I'm about that nap life. Yeah. A good hamburger, bacon cheeseburger, or a pizza, that'd be fantastic too. You know, maybe a bowl of ice cream here or there, or a a cake or a cookie cake would be great. Mm, Are you hungry? (laughs) No, (laughs) I'm just saying. So, and then you want to go back to the hotel room and watch Impractical Jokers or Ridiculousness because that's pretty much all we watch every weekend we go to a race. Yep, that's it. In New Jersey, that was the only hotel. I mean, we stayed at the Fairfield and Rockway. That was our only complaint. They didn't have true TV, so we pretty Mm -hmm. much watched Ridiculousness all weekend long. Well, that's fine. Yeah, it is. Totally. All right, Leanne. um, I'm all out of questions. And so are you done telling your awesome story about how you got your first Adrian Petty on? Yeah, I guess so. Cool. Kind of made this short and sweet. Cool. Tell people where to, like, follow you if they want to see some really cool hair colors and (laughs) see, like, your race stories or whatever. Um, Well, my Facebook is Headbanger Salon. And then on Instagram, it's Headbangers20 um, because I opened my business in 2020, right when, at the end, towards the pandemic, like the bookend of the pandemic going on. And uh, so, yeah, what I do for a living. If you want to see, like, some really cool before and after colors, like, go follow her Instagram because she's got some really cool pictures up there. Yeah, there's a few of them I've done that I really like that I have forgotten to take before and afters, but it is what it is. It's okay. She's like a hair artist. (laughs) Thanks. I really enjoy it. Well, anyway, so that concludes this interview. Look for us at Fayetteville this weekend. If you want to hear me rant and rave about the race that's coming up this weekend, listen further and... uh, We'll see you this weekend if you're going to be in Fayetteville. Sounds good? Bye. Later. This weekend is the Fayetteville Trifecta, and I wanted to go over that race and kind of go. I got the map here in front of me, and I'm going to go over that. So if you're listening to this down the road from now, skip forward past all this because it won't be relevant to you. Okay, so this weekend is the Trifecta weekend at Fayetteville, North Carolina. The map pretty much shows that it's pretty close to about the same route as we did last year. And uh, also, um, just if you don't know this, it's in it's on the Spartan webpage, and every single time they send out a program, they tell you this too. The trifecta weekends are the only uh, race weekends that will have the Spartan Plus recovery tent. So, 
since this is a trifecta weekend, there will be the recovery tent there. So that'll be super cool. They, I assume they had it in Montana last weekend because that was a trifecta weekend as well. So, okay. Looking at this map, um, you got some basic obstacles. You know, armor is the third obstacle, which, you know, that's kind of unique. You know, Garfield is doing this race, so I expect nothing but a great race. I've never been to a Garfield Griffiths race, and if you, that's the race director. If you don't know who he is, look him up. Super cool guy. Um, he's my favorite uh, race director, and he puts on every single race I've done has been one of his, has been a great race. So, looking at this map, um, besides you got uh, the Tyro Traverse is obstacle number five. It's right before mile four. That is your first obstacle that has a penalty loop if you fail it. Most people don't fail that, but that will have a penalty loop if you fail it. Um, the Irish tables are back, and it's on the Beast course. A lot of time, this is like you, you see this obstacle on the uh, Ultra Loop, and the Irish table is like a sawhorse that you have to uh, climb over, kind of like a hurdle, but it's a little bit more difficult. Um if, if you're one of those people that can jump real high, you can kind of jump up high and muscle up over it. But be careful if your, your, your legs swing up underneath it, you'll fall flat on your back. Kind of like you do on the vertical cargo net when it has the table. Um, an easy, simple way to do this obstacle is you go to it, grab it from both sides, hang from it upside down, kind of like you're doing Tyro, and throw your leg over the side. And you can actually hook your foot underneath the other side and pry yourself over it. That's kind of something I do, and it's, I'll probably definitely do it on the second lap because I'll be wore out. Um, so the Ultra Loop, um, the obstacles on the Ultra Loop are a sandbag carry. So we're doing this Ultra Loop twice, and the reason why I know that we're doing this Ultra Loop twice is because the transition is 15 miles in. So if it's a 35, if it's a 30 mile race and the transition is 15 and a half miles, in order to get that 15 and a half miles again to make 31 miles, you'll have to do the same thing that you did on the first lap. So that means that you are going to uh, have to do the ultra loop twice. So if there's a sandbag carry on the ultra loop, guess what? That's six carries you're going to do in this race. And since it's going to be raining, you know what that means. Everything's going to be heavy. The Hercules hoist is going to be heavy. And the sandbags are going to be heavy because they're going to be soaked up with, um, with water. Okay, so the next obstacle on the uh, Ultra Loop is barbed wire crawl and a plate drag. And I believe those two were on there last year. The only thing new to the Ultra Loop from last year is the sandbag carry because I think we had crawl tubes instead of the sandbag carry last year. Okay, so after that, you'll go back onto the main course, and you'll come to obstacle 10, which is right after mile 5. That is an 8-foot wall. On this map, it shows that it also has a penalty loop. So if you're one of those people that has trouble getting over the 8-foot wall, then all you got to do is just run the penalty loop on this one. So besides Tyro being pretty much your first grip obstacle, Monkey Bars is obstacle 11. For us ultra people, that's not going to be until mile 10. So that's a pretty good run until you get to uh, a real uh, grip obstacle. And take in mind, it's supposed to be rainy, so be prepared for these bars to be super slick. Um, and that's also going to have a penalty loop on it. And that's uh, obstacle 11. It's going to be at mile 10. So after that, we'll go through some more obstacles, and we're going to do the bucket carry is uh obstacle 16 and let me pull up the uh 2021 map because i'm curious if that is where the sandbag carry was in 2021 if so that is going to be a muddy mess so looking here at this map no, I think we're going to be okay. I don't think that's in the same area. Let's see here. 
while Sandbag Curry was... Hang on, let me pull up this other map. I, that map doesn't work good. Uh, bear with me. Bear with me. Here we go. This one will stay zoomed in. So, in 2021, the Sandbag Carry was Obstacle 30. And it's in right... Where is it? Right there. Right there in the woods. So, on this map... Hmm, no, it doesn't look like it's in the same place, judging by this map. It's showing, so... The sandbag carry number two, which is obstacle 32 on this year's um, map, it doesn't quite, because you've got that open space that's right there. Yeah, I'm thinking it's close to where it was last year, but I don't think it's going to be in the same place. It looks like we're avoiding that area, which is be very great, because last year... That sandbag was in mud that was knee-deep, and it was trashed when we went through it on the second loop. I mean trashed. But anyway, where was I? Back to, okay, so Monkey Bars is a penalty loop. Olympus, which is obstacle 20, which is going to be, let's see, that would be mile 10. Mile 10 is where Monkey Bars is, so that's probably another... Mm -hmm. That's probably mile 12, I would think. Close to mile 12, you're going to hit Olympus. It's got a penalty loop. Right after Olympus, and probably a half a mile after Olympus, you got the box. That has a penalty loop. And then about another half a mile after that, you got Stairway to Sparta, which is also a penalty loop. All three of those obstacles are going to be on your super as well. Um, so after that, you got Beater, so Beater does not have a penalty loop, so all the gauntlet of obstacles is right here at the end, it looks like. 24 is the Rope Climb, and let's see, the Fit Aid Rope Climb, then you're going through Rolling Mud, Dunk Wall, Slip Wall, the Multi Rig, which is obstacle 28, and that's going to be close to the Festival area, and that is right after mile 11 on the Beast Course, so... That's going to be probably mile, it's going to be almost 14 and a half, 15 miles right before you go into transition from the rig. Okay, so here's here's the thing. So I'm sure we'll do the sandbag carry on the first loop. But, you know, last year we didn't have to do helix and we didn't have to do the A-frame cargo on the first lap because that was where the break-off was that went to transition. So maybe we'll get lucky because spear throw and a frame or the cargo air the cargo net are the last two obstacles before the fire jump. So last year we skipped helix and a frame cargo before we went into transition. So do we get to skip the spear throw on the first lap? Mm, I don't know. That would be great because you're gonna have to do burpees at spear throw. Because it does not have a penalty loop. Okay. So, <clears throat> transition. If you, if, if you or me, or I always go, I try my best to get there and get my packet on Friday. So, and when I get there, I'm not going to drop off my bin, and I'll explain why in a second. So, when you get there, go and look at the transition area. Make sure that you understand which way it's coming in and which way it's going out. And look and see what your last obstacle is before you come into transit. There'll be signs pointing you both ways. You won't be able to miss it. I think last year they even had a volunteer that would tell you which way to go. Because on my second lap, he tried to tell me to go to transition. I said, no, buddy, I'm done. So, um, so yeah, on Friday, pick up your packet. Go and check out, scope out the transition area, kind of pick out a place where you're going to put your bucket, but don't leave your bucket. And I'll explain to you why. Because this happened to me. And Carolina Ultra, 20, uh, I know it might have been Spartanburg in 2018, I put my bucket out the night before. I wake up, I don't know, probably 1 or 2 o'clock, and I'm like, you know what? I don't remember seeing my headlamp, and I didn't remember where it was. 
I searched through all my bags, and I'm like, well, did I forget it at the house? And then I was thinking, well, maybe it's in my drop bin, but I wasn't 100% sure. So, me knowing that, you know, this, this race started in November, we had to have a headlamp to start with. So, me knowing that, I get up at 2 o'clock in the morning, go to Walmart, and get me another headlamp, because I had to have it, you know what I mean? So, if I would have had my bucket, you know, or my drop bin in the hotel room with me, it would have been a simple fix. I could have got up, looked in my bin, and be like, hey, there it is. Because as soon as I got to um, the venue that morning, I went to my drop bin, and there it sat. I, it was peace of mind having the bin there, and it doesn't take a minute to go there Saturday morning. As long as you get there early, go to the transition area, set your bin down, and get ready to race. It doesn't take no extra time whatsoever. And you might have like a last second decision to be like, oh, I decided I want to put this in there. The weather might go to shit all of a sudden and you'd be like, well, maybe I want to have this in there or throw a windbreaker in there. If, you know, something bad happens on your first lap and you want to go late, you know, just for emergencies. I mean, don't put your drop bin in there until Saturday morning, just for peace of mind. And just, you know, you can do a last minute check before you put it out there just to make sure that you put everything in there and you didn't forget. You can't do that if it's already there on Friday night. Anyway, what else? What else are we going to talk about here? Um, like I said, it does look like it's really close to the same pathway, at least on the beast course side, because we go under the road, we go under that bridge like we did last year. Most of the beast course side on the other side of that bridge looks the same. It looks like by the, when you come back into the festival area, that is what looks a lot different. Um, the carries look different. Make sure you do the ultra loop twice because you're going to have to do it twice. They'll tell you at the beginning of the race, but if for some reason you don't hear it, I am positive you're going to have to do the ultra loop twice. I'm 99.9% .9 sure. The reason why is because... It shows, uh, oh, well, that's, that's what I was going to go over. The cutoff times. Course cutoff times. Any ultra racer who has not passed these areas by the following times will be removed from the course. Transition, 15.6 miles. So if transition is 15.6 miles, you multiply that times 2, that's, you know, 31 and some change. So you're going to have to do the ultra loop twice. So you have to be out of transition by 2 o'clock. After that, the 6-foot wall, which is at 16.6 miles, you have to be by there by 2.30. Water station number 6 on the second loop, 24.6 miles. So that's a big jump between 16.6 miles and 24.6 miles. So you have to be there by 6 p.m. So you have... <clears throat> So you have until 6 p.m. to make it almost 25 miles through, this, through the race. At 5 p.m., everyone on course must have a headlamp. If you do not have a headlamp, you will risk being pulled from the course. At 5 p.m., any super racer who has not passed beater at 3.9 miles by this time will be removed from the course. Well, that's just talking about the super. That's not talking about the ultra. So... It looks like, and then it says 745, you haven't passed the slip wall, but this time you'll be removed from the course. But that's talking about the Beast Racer. It doesn't say Ultra. So it says 9 o'clock is when the, the course closes. So you have to be done before then. Right on. Everybody's going to do that. Uh, I, I, I foresee everybody finishing this race. This is a good first Ultra. There's going to be 11 aid or water stations on course if it's a 15 mile loop and there's 11 water stations that means there's going to be a water station almost every mile to every mile and a half or less than every mile and a half you will have an aid station there's two of those aid stations if you've got like a camelback or some bottles you want to refill you can refill those at two of those water stations and i'm not sure which two those are it doesn't say um, same thing for the beast course, 11 aid stations and two, um, hydration pack refills. So now what does this tell me? If there's 11 aid stations on course 
and there's 11 aid stations on the beast course, that means for... Uh, wait, 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 wait. Yeah, the beast course has 11 aid stations. The ultra first loop has 11 aid stations, and the ultra second loop has 11 aid stations. So that means that there's probably going to be a water station right before you go on the ultra loop, and you'll be able to hit it on the way back out. I don't know that for sure. You might only be able to hit it on the way in. It's showing... It's showing it right before you go into the Ultra Loop. So when you go into the Ultra Loop and you come out, it's showing it again right before mile six. So that's probably going to be your longest spread of going, you know, without a water station is on the Ultra Loop. So make sure before you go into the Ultra Loop, which is going to be probably four and a half miles, whenever you hit that aid station... Make sure you get a cup or two of water and, and drink it because it's going to be hot this weekend. Even though it's going to be rainy, it's going to be windy. The first lap might not be so bad. Second lap's going to be upper 70s, almost 80 degrees. So it's going to be pretty hot. Um, so make sure you hydrate well. Uh, you know, get some electrolytes in you the day before the race. Um, I'm thinking, you know, since it's going to be 60s in the morning, I'm probably just going to wear the purple peony myself and not wear a shirt. And, of course, you know, I have sensitive nipples. So I'm probably going to cut out some pieces of K-tape, really small, just big enough to cover up my nipples. That stays on way better than those little square band-aids you can buy. Um, and I'm also going to, if, if you're, they've got two different kind of ultra pennies now. Um, they had them in New Jersey. They have one that's like a newer one. It's almost like a dry fit material. It's still baggy, but it has an elastic uh, waistband. So it kind of hugs your waist really good. And I kind of like that because I wear a flip belt and it's, you could pull that up and it would stay out of your way while you were going into your, your belt. So that's kind of cool about that. But it, no matter what jersey you get, if you decide to wear it, with either a sleeveless shirt, a sports bra, or if you're going shirtless, I would suggest that the outer ring of, like where you put your arm through it, there's that outer ring that makes it kind of tight around your armpit. Cut that out with a pair of scissors. And the reason why is, is because, you know, I've wore sleeveless shirts up underneath that penny, and it's chafed me pretty bad. So I've, I, every every year I run an ultra, I cut that outer ring off of the ultra penny shirts. Be careful because the you know the real you know fishnet ones like they'll come apart really easy if you cut off too much. So just cut off that ring and get as close to it as you can to cut cut that off. I want to say my buddy Zach Wiz gave me that idea, or he had did. I saw that he had done that, and I've been doing that ever since. Um, like um last year. I want to say, this course had some muddy sections. It had some deep little swamp areas that they weren't very long, but what parts you did go through them, they were really dirty, really, I mean, really deep and really muddy. And I want to say there were some parts where you might have got like thigh deep in it. Um, the sandbag carry was a mess. It was total just mud, no grip, no traction anywhere you were sinking in it. It was pretty bad. Uh, but overall, there probably wasn't a mile worth of running for the whole, a, a mile of mud running for the whole ultra. So, if it rains like it's supposed to, I, I, there's a lot of mixture of terrain out here. Like, some of it's kind of more sand-based, and then you have just some of that dark, muddy areas, too. So... I'm I'm I don't think it's gonna be like super trashed everywhere, but the places where there's the ability that the ground is gonna be muddy, it's gonna be bad. So just prepare for that. If you're on the fence about wearing a pair of shoes for better traction in the mud or another pair because they might grip better, I would go for the mud shoes because the sections that are gonna be muddy are gonna be pretty bad. Um, man, I'm going pretty long on this. Uh, that's pretty much all I got. I'm trying to think if there's anything out there. Um, you know, it's going to be a hot race and 
but it's not going to be as hot as last year. So my, I'm going to freeze a couple of bottles of water and put them in my drop bin. And I'm probably going to pour one on my head in transition and drink another one just because it's going to be so satisfying to drink something that's ice cold, you know, when you're running hot and it's going to be a hot race like that. Uh, you know, make sure you check off your list of everything you're going to have in your, in your bucket, your nutrition, uh, electrolytes, you know, an extra pair of shoes for emergency only. Don't change your shoes because shit's just going to get wet all over again, especially in this weather. Um, have like a little first aid kit, some band-aids, some mole skin in case you get a blister coming up, some uh, body glide for chafing or whatever your go-to uh, thing is for chafing. Uh, oh, if you've got a food that you like, let's say it's a honey stinger waffle, a Butterfinger, M&M's, get some Ziploc bags. Open up all that food and put it in a Ziploc bag. That way, all you got to do is open the Ziploc bag and grab it. You're not fighting with a wrapper on a Snickers bar with, a, a, you know, an Uncrustable, a honey stinger waffle. All you have to do is grab it and eat it. Like, and if you've got like, let's say you're going to hit some Aleve or ibuprofen or electrolyte peel, put it in the same bag. That way you won't forget to take it, you know, and make sure, you, you know, if you're going to take some caffeine, like already have it like, like some pre-workout. I'm going to probably drink in Durley. I usually do. Already have that shit shook up in a shaker cup and, you know, just shake it right before you drink it because it's probably going to settle some. That way you can get in and out of transition super fast. Don't sit down. Don't stay in there for a long time. Get in and out. Like, if you've got a hydration pack, if you can afford it, buy a second one. Have it locked and loaded. That way all you got to do is take one off and shoulder the next one and go. You know, same thing. Like, I use a flip belt on the first lap, and then I'll use my Nathan belt on the second lap. And all I got to do is just slip it off and slip the next one on, and I'm ready to go. Um, everything, I mean, it, it, it doesn't sound like a lot, but all this stuff adds up, you know, and it, it saves time. Um, man, that's all I got right now. I'm trying to think if there's anything leaping out. It's a cool venue. Uh, sometimes you do have to park kind of far away, depending on how they set up the, how they do the parking. I've come to this venue one time and they started the parking all the way up towards the festival area. And then I come another time and they started the parking all the way towards the back, which is almost like a half a mile walk. So be prepared for that. If somebody's driving with you and you're running behind, let them drop you off so you can go ahead. That's why I suggest, yes, you can pick up your packet Saturday morning, but if you've already got it Friday, it's worth it to drive out there and get it. That way you've got everything ready to go. You can have your timing chip on, your headband on, your penny on when you get there. And all you got to do is put your drop in in the transition area, go shit, and get in the corral. Anyway, that's all I got. Uh, I will see you there this weekend. Good luck to everybody doing their ultra. I saw a lot of people in the ultra group saying that they were doing their first ultra. Don't overthink it. Go out there, have a good time. Don't go out too hard on the first lap because you're going to suffer on the second lap. Just go out on an easy pace, have fun, and uh, we'll see you out there. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook, and we'll see you at the next race. Peace. Peace.